It's the Cooper and Anthony Show. A bunch of lunatics, sick and demented. Did you hear that? You see what's going on this week with Rebel Wilson? She just came flying out of the closet. Well, that wasn't the intention. But yeah, she ended up, she had to out herself. So this was a whole story. This has been like a whole week of stories and every day, like more of the story unfolds. Mm. So here's what happened. Some <clears throat> journalist, I'll call him a journalist because this is so unethical. I can't believe this guy's an actual journalist, but he works for the Sydney Herald in Australia. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I guess he, his whole beat is celebrity stuff. He's got a column where he does celebrity stuff and he had found out that Rebel Wilson was dating a woman and said to her, sent an email to Rebel Wilson's people and said, listen, I'm going to out Rebel in my column. Mm -hmm. So um, unless she gives me an exclusive, like she can come talk to me and come out in my column and then I'll do an interview with her and that'll be where she'll be outed. And, you know, everything will be fine. Like, I'll get the scoop and uh, she'll be able to, to come out and whatever. And they were like, you can't fucking tell her when to come out. Like, she's 42 years old. If she wanted to be out, she'd be out by now. And he was like, well, I'm then in that case, if you're not going to give me the exclusive, I'm just going to out her myself and p- post the pictures that I have and say what I know. And then you're going to have to deal with the repercussions. So if you don't want that, mm-hmm. you know, you've got two days. So in that two-day window, Rebel Wilson decided to out herself. Mm -hmm. And she posted a photo of her and her girlfriend and said, all this time I've been looking for a Disney prince when the truth is I needed a princess. Something to that effect. I'm not quoting her exactly, but it's something to that effect. And then posted a picture of the two of them, like, you know, super happy and just, you know, their faces together and whatever. But it's caused a huge controversy, as you can imagine. First of all, it's Pride Month here. I, I know that mm-hmm. Rebel Wilson is Australian, but he, you know, here in America, it's Pride this month. Isn't and it Pride everywhere, or is it just here? Is it like I don't know Thanksgiving yeah. that you only can, or Fourth of <laughs> July that you can only celebrate it in America, or can you have Pride everywhere? No, there's Pride everywhere. I just don't know that they have the same Pride months that we do. Let me mm. see. Is Pride Month everywhere? worldwide yeah like christmas uh pride month is not recognized internationally Hmm. pride celebrations take place in many other places at different times uh february august september for other countries yet june is pride month in the united states but what's happening is other countries are starting to move their pride month to June in order to make it more of a universal thing. But yeah, because yeah, brands are changing. Yeah. There it's a it's a big thing. I thought like <laughs> Paramount has a, a rainbow for their logo. I mean brands are changing their logo, so it should be worldwide. Everybody does that that's the funniest thing. That brands all through the rest of the year are just their logo. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly Pride Month is a rainbow. Like I um June first I took an Uber and I open up my Uber app and I see on the, you know how you can watch the car. I don't know if you, maybe you don't know, but you can watch the car on the GPS, like driving towards you. Mm-hmm. Um, the car now has a rainbow flag on it. I like that. I mean, it that's like October. Everything's pink. Right. Yeah. I, yeah. I think, I think it's a cool thing. So I, I don't have a problem with Paramount being a rainbow right now, but it's kind of weird if it's only a rainbow in the U S and not in Sydney. 
No, I think it's it's a logo. So if you're going to watch Paramount, you're going to get it everywhere. I, th- I think the celebration of Pride in America is in June. Mm-hmm. But in the rest of the world, they have Pride celebrations at different times. That's what they're saying. But a company's a company, like a logo's a logo. But it's just, I guess, you know, there's some companies that are very gay friendly and LGBTQ plus friendly all throughout the year. So if they want to like slap a rainbow on whatever their products are, I have no problem with it. But then there's companies that are like homophobic, don't give rights to partners, you know, don't give health insurance to to partner, whatever. They just they're they they're not as LGBTQ plus friendly the rest of the year, and then suddenly because they put a rainbow in their logo, mm-hmm. we're supposed to be like, oh oh, they must be, you know, really they're not homophobic. We're wrong about that, mm-hmm. you know. So the companies that are nice to the LGBTQ plus community the rest of the year, I'm fine with. But the ones that just take the month to glom on to something that they don't, you know, they don't walk the walk the rest of the year. I don't like that. So anyway, so Rebel Wilson was not planning on coming out as far as we know. Mm-hmm. And, you know, here's the thing about it. This is why it's so controversial. People come out at their own pace. And all the research shows that the first person you come out to is yourself. So for all we know, Rebel Wilson is in this relationship with this woman and it's either a new relationship. So she's not ready to be like, I'm out and here's my girlfriend. You know, maybe they just started dating. We don't, I don't really know the history of her and this woman. Mm. It's none of our business. But it's not, it's not up to us to decide when she should come out. That should be up to her. And for maybe she has family members that are homophobic and she doesn't want to come out because she doesn't want to, cause a rift in her family right now. A lot of a lot of gay people feel that way. Some people are like, fuck you, I'm gay. You have a year to deal with it. And after that, don't don't be in my life. Mm. But then there's a lot of gay people that stay in the closet in their families because they just don't want to cause problems. Maybe she has a job right now that she feels that her bosses would feel differently about her if they knew that she was gay. So she doesn't want to lose work. You know what I mean? It's wrong, but that might be you don't know how she feels. You got to let people come out in their own time. The fact that this guy, let me just say, this is a gay man as well. Mm-hmm. He's gay. So of all people, he's the one that should understand this the most. So because he's been getting backlash that for some reason the Sydney Herald is shocked they're getting backlash over this, they issued an apology today. No, no. Yeah. But the apology is sort of like... He he doesn't even like really say he's sorry. He just says, I made mistakes over Rebel Wilson and I will learn from them. Mm. And then he goes into the whole story and he said, I genuinely regret that Rebel has found this hard. That was never my intention. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> you gave her two days right. to either t- to to agree to do an interview with you or you were going to out her. You gave her no choice whatsoever. Like, you're a gay man. You, she, He writes, as a gay man, I'm well aware of how deeply discrim- discrimination hurts. No, you're not. Because if you understood what discrimination feels like, you would have never in a million years fathomed threatening to out a gay woman. Yeah, I mean, how many times her. has reporters went after actors to see like John Travolta or Tom Cruise, you know, come out with it then. Whatever you have, come, bring it. I don't care. Doing it on my own speed. 
I have never seen this before. I have never seen a journalist, especially some rando like this guy. It's not like you're talking about, you know, Frank Rich in the New York Times. Not that he would ever do that, but um, it's, you know, it's, I've, I've never seen a journalist say to a celebrity, you, you have to out yourself in my column, otherwise I'm going to out you publicly mm-hmm. and then you'll, and then you'll see my wrath, mm-hmm. you know? It's just, it's awful. It's just, it's horrible. I, I can't believe anybody is, that there are people that are supporting it in terms of she should come out if she's gay. That more women- It's not your decision. Being, no, of course it's not. That's, I, I'm, I'm completely against it. You come out in your own time. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of people that are like, you know what? There's a lot of people that are in the closet, especially women. Uh, remember, if you look at the history of homosexuality, female- homosexuality never really amounted to anything historically because the attitude was, and you can read this in lots of books on the history of homosexuality, people felt if there's no penetration, there's no sex. Mm -hmm. So whatever women are doing together, it's just bullshit. It's not real sex, you know, because it's women. Like we don't, we were, as it was, they didn't really care about women in general. So two women together had no shot, had like no shot in hell of anybody caring about what they what they did or how they felt. Mm-hmm. So they were really, really, really marginalized historically. So it's still kind of that. It's like a gay man, a white gay man outing a gay woman is that same punching down. You know, it's that same like your rights are not the same as my rights because you're a celebrity, you're part of the 1% mm-hmm. and- and I'm a gay man and I decide what happens in your world. So it, it has that aspect to it also. But then there was a lot of gay people, gay women, who are saying, you know, it's tough for us. There's not a lot of representation out there. So if you're a female and you're gay, come out, come out wherever you are. Yeah, we had Ellen. <laughs> that was about all we had if you're a, a lesbian. No, Rosie O'Donnell. Okay, you had two. And Jane Lynch. So now you have you have three you can look up to. And um, well, no, historically, what's oh? So I don't know if you ever you probably didn't. There's a very famous documentary called The Celluloid Closet mm. about celebrities in the 30s and 40s who were gay that weren't quite out. And then more recently, there's that guy Scott, Scotty Bowers who had who he would find he was a hustler and he would find prostitutes for gay and lesbian Hollywood. Mm. And he named names. I mean, he was like, yeah, I used to provide Cary Grant with boys all the time. So I wonder who he got girls for. Catherine Hepburn. Oh, really? Who is now, everybody, now everybody knows that Catherine Hepburn was a lesbian. Yeah, like Jodie Foster. We knew, but we didn't know. Right. Now we knew. But she's another example. I think she had the same situation where somebody threatened to out her and she had to out herself. Yeah, that was 10 years ago that happened. Right. And I think Ellen was the same way. She had to write it into her sitcom to come out. No, no. That was her decision, though, to come out. Mm. They, they weren't forcing her out of the closet. I think she decided that it would be more powerful if she did. Remember there was the cover of Time magazine, Yep, I'm Gay? Yeah, you don't really hear people outing guys, though. Yeah, you're right. I mean, if they do, yeah. then they get beat up. And you just don't never hear about it. Like if somebody wanted to out Tom Cruise, he probably hired somebody to beat your ass. Well, Tom Cruise is not gay. No, I'm just saying. But people have said it. 
yeah. for years and years and years. Yeah, I think that's sort of wishful thinking on the part of gay men who are attracted <laughs> to him. We're sort of hoping. <laughs> hoping if we poke him enough, <laughs> he'll, he'll come out. Right, right. Yeah, no, I, but, but even that. So if, if Tom Cruise was gay, that's his business. Mm-hmm. And if he wants to out himself, he will. And he doesn't want to. Yeah, he, we out him for enough. Because <laughs> yeah. of Scientology. No, and, I know, I know. And yeah. everything else, so. He's got a lot to deal with as it is. It's not easy being Tom Cruise. You might have all that money, but you still have a lot of people that are just on your back constantly about everything. Ladies and gentlemen, the Cooper and Anthony Show. These people are obviously total lunatics. I have a list of the rock stars that are pricks, the biggest pricks of all time. Oh my God. I, I can't even think of who that would be, though. Oh, there's. this is a good list. <laughs> okay. Because, you know, we, we, you and I have interviewed a lot of rock stars. Everybody's always so nice. But deep down, they're a prick. People are saying Celine Dion, prick. Well, she's not a rock star, but. But I'm saying wait. music star. So all rooms have to be exactly 73 degrees. Not okay. 72, Let's... not 71, 73. So, so what? She's, she's really high. Listen, she's high maintenance. That's not high maintenance. Every room in my life has to be 68 degrees. Well, you're high maintenance. But that doesn't make me a prick. It just makes me like yeah, a certain temperature. Prick. Why is that? That doesn't make her a prick. Uh, Eddie Van Halen, next Wait, on the- hang on a minute. That's all you're going to say about Celine Dion, that she likes her temperature at 73 degrees? That doesn't make her a She's prick. She's a perfectionist. She takes everything to the next level. So people that makes are her saying, talented. No, people are saying she's mean. She's a prick. I need I need more evidence than just the fact that she likes her temperature at seventy three degrees. Please, Eddie Van Halen. They're saying him because of the writers that he used to have and all that. I want to put it out there. Eddie Van Halen didn't shake hands at all. So because Eddie Van, well, he wore two wedding rings. So if you ever see a photo of him, he's got a wedding ring on each hand because he didn't want to touch other people because he's a guitarist. All right. So I have a couple of questions. What do the wedding rings have to do with touching people? Because you're not going to shake his hand if he's got a ring on or squeeze it like some douchebags do who are guys. When guys shake your hand, they really get in there. So Okay, I see. So he wasn't a germaphobe. He was afraid that somebody would injure his hands and his hands were his livelihood. That's Again, that doesn't make him a prick. That's actually really smart. Yeah, he was a prick, though. Gene Simmons, prick. We interviewed him twice, and he was really nice to us. In fact, not only was he nice to us, we had fun with him. We made him laugh. He made us laugh. We had a great interview with him both times. But I would, I can imagine working for the guy. Like, if if he sees somebody in the crowd making a face at him, he will stop the show and have them throw that person out. But what if they have, like, facial tics? He, if it bothers him on stage, he will throw you out of his show. Oh, okay. This guy, the next one on the list, and yes, he is, Ted Nugent. He's a prick. <laughs> yeah, he seems like a prick, yeah. He's a yeah, prick. I've, I've met him. I know Ted. He's a prick. 
I've heard horrible stories about him, the way he treats people. I've heard that he is just really condescending and disrespectful to everybody around him. Johnny Rotten makes the list. <laughs> Go well, figure. I mean, hang on. That's, that's Johnny Rotten's whole thing. Johnny Rotten's whole thing is that he's an asshole and always has been an asshole. He's No one's ever thought Johnny Rotten is nice. His name is Johnny Rotten. <laughs> he's, a, he's the punk guy. Right. People are saying 50 Cent because he is always under the influence of something and he's just mean to people. Okay, I will say this about 50 Cent. I never met him personally, but I did work on one of his television shows. Mm-hmm. And um, it was a tightly run ship. And I wondered if he, from on high, had basically lit the fire under everyone's asses to work really hard and make sure the show's perfect. Like it definitely, it was a definitely a different environment than other places I've worked before, you know, where they were like afraid to fuck up. Mm-hmm. Cause you, Oh, Phil Spector. Oh yeah. Go figure. He was a prick. Duh. Yeah. He pulled guns on people and killed people. So duh. <laughs> <laughs> Ringo star made the list. Is he dead? Did, did he die he in died. prison? Yeah. Okay. Ringo star. Because he's not signing anything anymore. Please, after the 20th of October, do not send fan mail to any address that you have. Nothing will be signed after the 20th of October. If that has a date on the envelope, it's going to be tossed. I'm warning you with peace and love, but I have too much to do. He has too much to do. <laughs> he hasn't done anything <laughs> since 74, but he's got too much to do. Peace and love. Peace and love. Axel Rose, don't know him, but yeah, I can just imagine he's a prick. Well, but of course he's a prick. That was the whole like Guns and Roses. I mean, all the stuff that the music that he made, he was really fucking angry. I, I would not think he'd be a nice guy. It took 20 years to come out with an album, and he always shows up two hours late for a show. That's a prick. Yeah. They say Tommy Lee from Motley Crue, the drummer for Motley, is a prick. And I've met Tommy a ton of times, and I don't agree with that. Okay. He's always been cool with me. He doesn't take photos with people. Uh So people say he doesn't take photos. He's a prick. Um, That doesn't make him a prick because he doesn't want to take photos with you. He's not obligated to take photos with you. Sorry. Him and the next one on the list or the reason why they don't take photos is because they're so tall. Sebastian Bach from Skid Row, very tall. So when he takes Mm. a photo with you, he's got to bend down and he looks like a a mutant. Yeah. If you take a photo of him. So Sebastian Bach, they say he's a prick. Sebastian Bach is a huge prick. Right. Well, he's not really making, no one knows who he is. Nobody knows who he is. He's a prick though. Next, Kid Rock prick he is a prick he was a prick to me and i right, worked and you were, for him and you were his rep yeah right exactly <laughs> right you were trying to help him and this was when he wasn't famous yet you were trying to help him get his music out there and be famous and he was still a prick still a prick huge i mean i have stories that he is a huge prick and no i i once yelled at him at the top of my lungs like i've never yelled at anybody i've never heard you yell oh i yelled at him it was a huge show in Nashville. He was headlining the show. It was like a big 4th of July show. I, right. I did all this crap with MTV. If you watch the 
MTV special, my name, my I'm in it. Mm -hmm. I did so much with that show. And I go backstage. What is he doing? He's jumping motorcycles behind behind the. And I go, dude, what happens when you wreck? Yeah. 25,000 people are going to have to leave just because you want to show off in front of three girls. Right. The timing of it's weird. (laughs) Yeah. If you want to kill yourself, do it somewhere else. Don't do it here. Right. Douchebag. Douchebag. Courtney Love, (laughs) next on the list. And I don't know Courtney. I've never met her, but people say she's not very nice. I think it's because she's always high. I've never met her. She's one of the few people that all those years that I was even in alternative radio, I never met her, never interviewed her. But I've read enough about her and I read her. I read the... Kurt Cobain book. She doesn't strike me as one of the nicest people, but I think that's part of her image is that she isn't nice. Number 11, John Mayer. Oh, he's the nicest person on the planet. Whoever says he's a dick is, is they're, they're the dick. Right. I think you catch him on a bad day. I don't think overall he's a prick. So I, I, I got to tell you, he was the radio station I used to work for. Um, He was really close with the guys on the show because they sort of like, when he was just starting out, they would have him on all the time. So he came in a lot. Mm -hmm. And that guy never has a bad day. He's always happy, always in a good mood, always kind. Because look at the chicks he was banging. Yeah. I mean, he's John Mayer. He was banging some hot chicks. Well, probably still is. But he's crazy talented. Katy Perry, Jennifer Aniston. Yeah, he's had some of the goodies. Uh, Jennifer, Jessica Jessica Simpson. Yeah, he's been, he's been around. <laughs> yeah, lucky guy. Number 10, big reach here, people, Kanye West. <laughs> well, duh. <laughs> he should be yeah. number one. If he's not number one, he, he barely makes the top 10. That's scary for the, <laughs> the rest of the top 10. Well, the scary thing is, the one time that I went to go see him, it was when he was doing the tilted stage, and he was on that floating stage thing, the one that um, Taylor Swift makes fun of in her song. Mm. Um, That's the show I had gone to see, and the night before, he made the people wait close to two hours for the show, and then he went on some rant once he got on the stage, so I was like, oh, this is going to be a good show. I showed up. We as we're walking in, he's already on the stage and setting up and performing. Like he's like you're coming in. He's it's like you're late. You know what I mean? Like we we got there <laughs> got exactly on do. time. <laughs> yeah. So and and he just he got up there. He sang. He sang. He rapped. He performed. He didn't even talk to us. Like normally, like in between, they he just they say things like uh, you know like the song means a lot to me because I wrote it with you know whatever. Or they tell you something. Nope, didn't even talk to us. He was already performing when we walked in, already getting ready. Uh, everybody like got to the seats really quick. He did a show, and then he left, and that was it. It was like he didn't say a word to us the whole time. He just got up and performed. I mean, it was that's what you want. I mean, but not with Kanye West. Like you're waiting for that rant or that moment where he's going to be like, Kim Kardashian told me. <laughs> you know, you're waiting for some like one moment that he's going to fall apart. But um, no, just <laughs> got up and rapped. He did the whole album. He was the uh, St. Pablo tour. Did the whole album, a couple of other songs, and that was it. <laughs> that was the end. Who beats Kanye West? Number nine, Justin Bieber. Oh, really? Egging the neighbor's house. 
forcing his bodyguards to carry him up the Great Wall of China, calling a fan a beached whale, spitting on fans. Yeah, he's he's in the past. Not so good. You know, what's sad about that is, you know, how now he's going through, he has that, um, I keep calling it Rebel Wilson face, but that's not what it is. It's got, <laughs> it's, <laughs> he has that, uh, it has some, some name like that. What's it called? Um, Ramsey Hunt syndrome. Mm-hmm. But I always forget the name, like something with an R and because Rebel Wilson's on my mind lately, I'm like Rebel Wilson syndrome. <laughs> no, he has Ramsey Hunt syndrome, which is uh, kind of like Bell's palsy, except it's triggered by... The herpes virus, you know, a shingles virus or whatever. Right. And, you know, half his face is paralyzed right now. He had to cancel his tour. You know, it's interesting. He had to cancel his tour, which was coming through Madison Square Garden. But as it turns out, whatever sports ball team is playing there, they're doing so well in the sports ball finals that he would have had to cancel the tour there anyway because the sports ball people needed the the Madison Square Garden. I think it's interesting, like, who wins over that? The sports ball people or or the Justin Bieber people? It's the sports ball people. Right, because they play there a lot more than the Justin Bieber people do. Right, so they get the priority, and it's easier. You can't you can't move a tournament. You know, once you're in the midst of the of the playoffs, you can't move that, but you you can move a concert or cancel a concert. Yeah, but they're um, so, out so, now, so the sports ball people are are not playing anymore. So he can come no. back. Okay, well, anyway, no, no, he canceled his tour because of the Rebel Wilson syndrome <laughs> that he has. Not what it's called. <laughs> the Rebel Wilson syndrome is when you lose a bunch of weight, you, you become hot, and you start banging chicks. <laughs> that's the Rebel well, that's Wilson. Pretty, you know, that's accurate. That's, that's Justin Bieber. That's what happened to him. <laughs> Worse than Justin Bieber and Kanye Prince. Oh, you know, I love that you brought this up because, you know, I love Prince more than anything. He, he's to me, he was a music god. Like his music was everything. I grew up listening to it. It's he's my favorite. I don't care what a prick he is. When you and I were doing this as a syndicated radio show, I don't know if you remember the story, but one of the stations that we were on in Minneapolis, mm-hmm. the dude who ran the station told me this story that when because he was from Minneapolis, when Prince was starting out, you know, just kind of becoming a, a the star that he is, um, this guy ran a music station at the time, and he had Prince on all the time. He played his music like crazy, and he did this big, huge event for Prince. It was, ho- it was like all these listeners and whatever. Prince insisted, instead of being with his people and the listeners and getting to know them, he insisted on them having like a little tiny VIP section that was just Prince, his band, and whoever he allowed up there. And it was all roped off and it was all guards. It was all like um, bodyguards and, and security. And then everybody else came to the club and you could see Prince, but you weren't allowed to meet him or talk to him <laughs> at all. So this guy that we know, who was the program director, or the general manager of, of the station we were working at, told me the story that, you know, so he's just got doing this big concert and he hosted the whole thing. He, you know, he was sort of in charge of it all. So he walked over. He wanted to meet Prince and say hi and say, you know, I, I'm who I am and I want to just welcome you. They wouldn't let him in. He couldn't even get in to to meet Prince. 
to, at his own event, the event that he created for the radio station and he made happen. He was paying for everything. They would not let him in to just go over to introduce himself to Prince. Prince had no interest in meeting him. Prince did a show once in complete darkness because he didn't want the audience to see him. So they turned <laughs> off all the lights and everybody thought it was, quote, an experience. But to me, it was just radio <laughs> at that <Yeah>. point. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> no, we want the TV prints, not the radio prints. <laughs> Douchebag. Uh, who's worse than Prince? Mariah Carey. Well, she's famously bad. I mean, everybody, literally everybody who's ever worked with her has a story about her. Number six, Chris Brown. Well, I think he's gotten better over the years, but if you remember, he did throw that chair through the window at Good Morning America, and he did beat Rihanna within an inch of her life. Number five, Noel Gallagher from Oasis. Oasis, yeah. Well, both those brothers were not known as nice people. Liam Gallagher, number four. (laughs) Right, yeah. (laughs) Both of the guys from Oasis, they had one hit. They both make the list. Tom York is number three. Oh, from Radiohead? From Radiohead. They say he's a complete prick. Grace Jones is number two. Really? Yeah. I didn't... I heard some stories about her, but I didn't think she was that big that she'd make the list. That she could be a prick. I know. Pull up to my bumper, baby. Uh, Morrissey, number one on the list. Oh, yeah. He has a reputation of being a total asshole. But listen, he was the head of the Smiths. They were angry. They were, again, it's another band that was sort of like a punk, angry band. Like, did you expect the people from the Smiths who sang about, like, the injustices of the world to be nice people? No. How can he beat R. Kelly? R. Kelly didn't even make the list. Right. Yeah. Well, R. Kelly is just a sex offender. I don't know that he's. But that's a bad person. (laughs) Right. That's true. Yeah. Good point. So Morrissey, number one, uh, R. Kelly didn't even make the list. Right. Uh, Morrissey, worse than a guy who sexually abused children. You got to be bad if you're worse than R. Kelly. (laughs) You got Celine Dion beat R. Kelly. (laughs) I don't believe that. (laughs) (laughs) Because she likes her rooms to be 73 degrees. Not a problem. R. Kelly, much worse. Trust us. Shut your you shut your mouth. The Cooper and Anthony Show. This is interesting. Uh, we got a message from a listener who wanted our advice on something. And, you know, we get messages all the time from listeners. And I just, they're very nice. And I love that people send us stuff. We just can't get to everything. But I thought this one was really interesting. And I thought I would run it by you. Mm-hmm. Okay. So she says, help Cooper and Anthony. I've been asked to be a bridesmaid in a bikini wedding. Did you know that was a thing? I had no idea. I don't know what this is. Um, I guess she's in Florida. And in Florida, people get married on the beach in bikinis, apparently. It's a thing. Got it. Okay. Okay. So this is coming up in late August. So she wants to, she needs a response like sooner than later. Here's what she says. She says, the problem is I'm overweight and nobody else is. I grew up with the bride and the other two bridesmaids. They're all beautiful. They look like models. I had a baby two years ago. I put on 50 pounds that I haven't taken off. Mm -hmm. The bride says, I look beautiful and is really into body positivity. So as far as she's concerned, I'm just as beautiful as the girl I'm standing next to who is a size zero. But the problem is, everybody at the wedding party is going to be in swimwear. 
The girl getting married is athletic, so is everyone else. She said she's dreading doing it. If she's in the photos, she said she'll stand out. Mm -hmm. But if I don't do it, everyone's going to know why. She said that, you know, my friend said if I'm uncomfortable, I can get this cover up that matches the bikinis, but the bikinis are, but the cover up is an additional $125. And that's just way more money than she has to buy like one item. That's such a weird thing. It's like you go to someone's wedding, I can buy that dress on sale off the rack for like $75, but I got to buy the one that you chose for $400. Like it's so stupid. Um, she said, she said, I only have a couple of months left to do something about my weight. I could take some off, but there's no way I'm taking off 50 pounds by mm. August. So I'm busy, like, I'm the mother of a two-year-old. I'm tired, y'all. I'm just running around after my kid. So what do you and Anthony think I should do? I think that you should be able to buy a bikini that would look good for your size. I mean, they make different bikinis that you can wear. And if you want to wear a cover-up, make the bride pay for it. I don't believe... But the, bride's, I, yeah, but the bride's attitude is that she looks great. The bride's like, no, I'm into body positivity. You look amazing. You're going to look great. Yeah, but you're not the one standing up in front of everybody I am. So I will go to your stupid bikini wedding thing, but you have to pitch in 125 bucks. I can't believe you, you women buy your dresses to be in somebody else's wedding party anyway. That's a crazy yeah, expense. Yeah. Well, what I did, I just said to my girls, just wear black. They're like, well, what, long, short? I said, whatever you want, just wear black. I don't care. Like, I don't, Perfect you color for your co- wedding. Right. <laughs> it's a funeral. It's a, you know, dress like you're in mourning. Wear the thing around your arm. All the mirrors are going to be covered. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> if you want to wear one of those things over your face, like, uh, you know, like the Italian grandmas, feel free to do that too. Wear black. Wear anything <laughs> black. But, you know, here's what was interesting. So my, my girlfriends who were all in my wedding party were all, were all friends so they were like, well, let's all go shopping because they were like, I want, let's all wear something new. So like, okay, fine. Let's all go shopping. We went shopping and there was this long black dress that was on the clearance rack that was like 75 bucks. And they were all like, there's a million of them here. They're in all, all of our sizes. And they looked at me, they're like, would you be mad if we all wore the same thing? I was like, no, I think that would be fine. I didn't, wasn't thinking that that was, I figured everybody would just wear whatever they want, but if you guys all want to wear the same thing, they chose to wear the same thing because mm-hmm. we were all shopping and they found a dress. It was funny because one girl found it, then the other one found it. They were like, oh my God, we have the same dress. And the third and fourth girls were like, that's an amazing dress. And then finally they looked at me and they were like, would it be weird if we all wore the same dress? And it's like, no, most bridesmaids do. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it wouldn't be weird. You know, I was I was thinking you just wear whatever you want, but sure, okay. So they ended up buying the same dress. But that's a dress that they can wear sometime party or whatever. Oh yeah, it was just a long black dress. They can I'm sure they've they've all worn it a million times since. It's just a simple long black dress with like a little beading thing around the, the boob part. But, but, that was but if you have like a baby blue dress that you're making all your bridesmaids wear, you should put up the money for that. I agree with that. I think if you're asking your friends to wear something kind of bizarre or ruffled or a shitty color or something that you know they could never repurpose or rewear again, I hate when like um, I had this one friend that was like, oh, well, you can dye it. 
I'm not paying to have this terrible dress that I hate dyed. I don't want to wear it in this color. Oh, I thought you meant lose weight. <laughs> you can, <laughs> can dye it and dye it at the same oh, time. Oh, no. Dye it. <laughs> oh, okay. Yes, all your friends tell you to dye it all the time anyway. Yeah, that's true. I'm used to that anyway. No, you should dye it. You mean dye the dress? No, no. You should go on a diet. <laughs> but no, I'm with you. I think that, that you're asking your friends to wear something terrible. You should pay for it. Mm-hmm. Um but that's you know, that's always a problem. Once someone says, do you want to be my wedding party? There's a lot of expense that comes with it. And I just think, okay, so here's my advice to you. Her name is Carolyn. Um, here's my advice to you, Carolyn. I think if you're uncomfortable in a bikini at a wedding, those photos are going to be forever. Like she's going to have those. You might at some point lose that 50 pounds and you don't want your the before pictures or you, you know, or maybe that's the best you're going to look. The fact that your friend loves you and thinks that you look great no matter what is fantastic. It's all about how you look because somebody who's super skinny could think they look bad. It's not about size. It's about how you feel about yourself. Mm -hmm. So if they want to have a bikini wedding, I don't know. It's, it's tough because if you go to the wedding and everybody's, all the bridesmaids are there and you're just sitting in the audience with everybody else, is that going to feel weirder? Right, because people are knowing why you're sitting down. Right, because the thing is, I'm sure you do look great. You know, you might not feel your best for you, but I'm sure you still look amazing. So I would ask her to pay for the Mm cover-up. I wouldn't spend the $125 on a cover-up you know, or I would just go to TJ Maxx and just get a cover up that you feel comfortable in and just be like, this is what I'm wearing, bitch. Sorry. Mm-hmm. I got it you know? in white or whatever yeah, color. Yeah, I got it in white. Because, yeah, whatever color. Because here's the thing being in a bridesmaid in somebody's wedding, it shouldn't be adversarial. You should be there. You want to celebrate the person. They want you there. It should be like all of you there together. So don't make it weird by wearing something that you're uncomfortable in. Mm. And if it's weird for you to be in the photos as the only person not wearing a bikini, then just take photos with her separate. Don't be in those photos then. You don't have to be in a group photo. Mm. Yeah, I think you're going to find more women uncomfortable in a bikini standing in front of a crowd than you're going to find that are comfortable. Right, that's probably true, regardless of what size you are. I mean, Mm. I, I have a friend with a ridiculous body. She will not wear a bikini in public because she doesn't like people looking at her like that. Mm-hmm. You know, it makes, makes her uncomfortable to be gawked at like that. But if so, she's going to get married and she says, you have to wear a bikini next week on the beach, you're going to do it. No. No. Eh. Nope, nope. I will come to your wedding. I will be in a burqa. <laughs> <laughs> I'll stand the up there if you want me to, but I ain't wearing a bikini. Ain't gonna I happen. ain't wearing a bikini. Yeah, no way. I'm going to wear like some big frock. <laughs> yeah, and it's right after COVID. Everybody put the COVID 50 on. So you, now you're going to want people to stand in front of other people in a bikini. You out of your mind. Right. And the other thing is, you know, the bride doesn't want you to feel uncomfortable. She wants you to be comfortable at her wedding. So I don't think, not only would I not spend the money on a cover-up, I would tell her I can't afford $125. So either you get a cover-up that you can afford at TJ Maxx or Marshalls or whatever and okay it with the bride, or 
don't be in the wedding party, but be at the wedding and support her in other ways. You know what I mean? I think she'll regret making you feel uncomfortable. But if you don't want to spend the day uncomfortable in someone's with pictures that are going to remind you the rest of your life of a day you didn't feel comfortable about your body, it's it's not worth it. The very latest information on an amazing phenomenon. Because you are a mean girl. You're a bitch. It's the Cooper and Anthony Show. We got to talk about Tom Hanks. He's a guy who's always known as being like a really nice guy. Like mm-hmm. for years, he's always been a really, really, really nice guy in every environment. Like he's one of those people that, you know, people yell stuff at him and he's just like, hey, sorry. Forrest hey, what's Gump. up? You can't Forrest yell anything Gump. at you Forrest Gump right. or, or Woody. He's Woody. Right. Right. Yeah. So he's known as being a really nice guy. So he and his wife. Rita Wilson, also famous actress. They were eating at, I don't know where they were. Were they at Nobu? It looks like somewhere around there. Yeah, I just recognized it. I just, I saw the video and I heard Tom Hanks. I didn't bother to do a deeper dive into where he was coming out of because it doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. But this is the part that matters I thought was really interesting. So, you know, they're used to getting mobbed. They're famous. They were the first celebrities to have covid You know, people were taking COVID seriously because Tom and Rita had it in -hmm. Australia. You know, it was a big deal. And he's just always been beloved. So this is very interesting. So they're coming out of the restaurant and they're mobbed by, there's three kinds of people that mob celebrities. There's the paparazzi. Mm -hmm. And you know the paparazzi were there because the entire thing is on video and, and it was photographed. So there's paparazzi there. That's for sure. Then there's always the autograph hounds, the autograph seekers. And I've learned that the hard way from being in radio for so many years, whenever a big time celebrity comes to your radio station, whether it's Selena Gomez or Taylor Swift, you have to make sure that they get out of the building safely, not because there's anyone dangerous, because there's they get mobbed by autograph seekers who don't really want their autograph for themselves. It's so they can turn around and sell mm. whatever it is they've autographed on eBay or on autograph sites or whatever. So it seemed like that the guy that is in the midst of this little entanglement with Rita and Tom Hanks um, was an autograph seeker because he's holding a Wilson ball of some kind. And I think he was about to ask Tom (laughs) Hanks to sign it. To sign Wilson. That's cool. Right. Exactly. And then the third person you get is actual fans, like people that are walking by. They didn't know Tom and Rita were there. They see them at the last minute. They pull up their phones. Hi, can we take a selfie? You know, those kind of people. Mm -hmm. So those are the three. That's the three types of person that that whenever you see a celebrity, that's who's usually around them. So it seems like this was an autograph hound and he was getting really close to them and trying to make conversation. Hey, Tom. Hey, what's up? That kind of thing. And he got, he was so focused on Tom that he ended up giving Rita a flat tire, which means like he stepped on her shoe, basically. Mm-hmm. And he stepped on her shoe and she tripped as a result. But Tom Hanks wrongly thought that this guy pushed Rita Wilson out of the way. We're going to play a little of the reaction because it's very not Tom Hanks like. Back the fuck off! What are y'all doing? What do you want? You Knock it over my wife. Yeah, they're bugging. Sorry to talk about that. Really? Bugging Come on, man. Sorry about that, Tom. Tom, sorry about that, Tom. What are they doing? 
it was very interesting that Tom Hanks was angry, that he was not being Hanksy about it. I wonder with people like him that they are so opposite of you. They're nice all the time. Mm. So at some point they're going to just explode because you can't have 60 years of that built up inside of you. Just one little thing is going to set you off. Unlike you, where everything sets you off. Everything. So if you explode, it's not going to be that bad. But when Tom Hanks explodes, then the world catches fire. That's a good point. You know, for me, if that happened to me, if I was a celebrity, that would just be like the fifth time today I exploded. I'd be like, ah, I'm, I'm tired. I'm whatever. Just be careful next time. Like, I, you know, I'd be so uh, exploded out mm-hmm. that by the time I got to leaving the restaurant. Yeah. I, but that's the thing. So the question is, why has Tom Hanks started to behave this way? Because I actually other people I went, you know, I always go and I read the comment section and somebody said, you know, Tom, the same thing happened to me. I saw Tom Hanks for the first time. And I was like, hey, Tom. And he just sort of ignored me. And he's never an ignoring kind of guy. Usually he at least waves back. Or So people have been noticing that Tom Hanks, as of late, has been a little more like, get off my lawn, you know? I think for the past two years, everybody has been on edge. It doesn't matter who you are. We have a very short fuse. Right. It started with covid and it it just gets worse and worse. So I don't, you know, it it could be the nicest person in the world, which is Tom Hanks, and anything can set you off. I blame New York. I think we did it to Tom Hanks. I think he was on the plane, coming here, really happy, being nice to all the flight attendants, being nice to everybody who's sitting near him in first class, and even some of the people that noticed him as they were going through to coach, you know, probably like, oh, my God, Tom Hanks. Yep, Tom Hanks right here. The minute he landed in LaGuardia, Mm -hmm. he was probably like, "I'm, I'm feeling a little something. I don't know what it is, you know? And then he got in the Uber, and the Uber driver was like, not having it. Mm-hmm. And then he got to New York and all of us here, we Traffic, are all like, oh, no, touch, it's more than smells that. Like piss. We're all, we've had it up to here. Mm-hmm. Like us New Yorkers, we are done with all of it. There's <laughs> shootings in the subway. There's people pushing each other. There's, there's so much anger and hostility in New York that even Tom Hanks, we did this to Tom Hanks. Even he, do you know what I mean like it's the kind of thing where it's so bad that people are like oh well you know how, how bad could it be I mean like if Tom Hanks comes here would we be able to turn him yes in a matter of days he just got here mm. to promote Elvis the movie and already we've turned him it's like Betty White you couldn't break Betty White she passed away so she didn't get past that mean stage she didn't get to that stage so I think Tom is is taking up for that now. I'm telling you, it's 2022. If Betty White stayed alive a little bit longer and came to New York, you would see Betty White like taking punches at, (laughs) she would be throwing punches at those paparazzi. You'd be like, what the heck happened to Betty White? New York. Vile, disgusting, degenerate. Ladies and gentlemen, just a word of warning. I'm sorry, I don't know your name. It's Cooper and Anthony. Here's the the make-believe game. You're going to be... Your boyfriend, Joe. Okay. So I'm going to ask Joe questions about his relationship. 
<laughs> okay. <laughs> so we're going to find out if Joe is in an abusive relationship. Oh, God. <laughs> so we're going to find out. So if any of these questions relate to you, you are in an abusive relationship. But we're going to find out if Joe is right now. I'll say up front, I've never pooped on the bed. Then it's not one of the questions. So Oh, it's not. Okay, no. that's just Amber Heard. Okay, okay. Got it. so Joe, how are you doing? Okay. That sounds sup, exactly like Joe. Sup, sup, Anthony. How you doing there? Hey, Joe. I see, you're not, I see you're not wearing sleeves, so I recognize you. Now that Cooper's gone, you know, Cooper left. Yeah, fuck her. Yeah. <laughs> Can I ask you a couple of questions? Because I don't want to ask you in front of her. I want to ask you behind her back, just in case you need me to, to get you out of this apartment i can do it if i if i blink so if i blink twice you come help me okay joe has your partner ever tried to keep you from seeing your family or friends <laughs> well okay <laughs> can i answer this because <laughs> here's the thing i know it's not that i'm keeping him it's just that his family and friends live on the west coast and it's expensive to fly there so i'm not trying to keep him but we don't have a lot of money so if he's going to spend money on a flight it should be you know something like because that we both go or we're going to paris or something says yes not really. I mean, he can. He goes out with his friends all the time. I try to push him to go out with his friends all the time. Like, stop. You you need to get away from me and go hang out with your friends. Okay, but have you ever at any time kept him? No, Joe. Has she kept you from seeing your your family? No, she doesn't tell me what to do. Okay, uh, blink. He blinked. So uh -huh. I don't believe. <laughs> has your partner ever made it hard for you to go to work, Joe? <laughs> um well i mean you mean like if she wants to have sex in the morning before no it's like work? let's say you're at work joe and does she call you and try to take you away from that work no she comes and meets me and comes with me so she never calls you and says i need you home right now because of something no i would never do that i need him to go make money did you not no call what? him home from work the other day when you had somebody coming to pick up a piece of furniture? Well, that's different. He was done with his day. It was what? No, he was done with his work day. He was done with his work day. When he came to help me with the furniture thing, he'd finished his work and he was just hanging out with a friend of his, just yapping away. Okay, I'll give you. I'll give Joe no on that one then. No, that's a no. Does your partner check up on you or follow you? Joe. You know, it's funny you would say that because I don't. No, no. Let's just listen. I don't follow him. He follows me. I'm not even joking. <laughs> Do you, Joe, does she have an app on your phone? We Okay. We both have the app that we call Where's My Bitch At? Right. Just to see where the other person is. Are they on their way? Are they home? Are they coming home? And then occasionally, like, he'll wake up and I'll be gone and he'll be like, oh, where my bitch at? So he'll look on the app to see where I am. So he uses it more than I do. That's going to be a yes, though. <clears throat> I guess. Because one of your big fights was that he was someplace that he wasn't supposed to be, and his phone was having issues. 
Right. Oh, that was a big fight. That was a few <laughs> years ago. So no, no. So he had gone out to a concert with a bunch of his friends, like a local, small little local concert place. And he was supposed to be home by a certain time. And I looked up at the clock and it was like two in the morning. I was like, ah, oh, he's not home yet. So I looked at the where's my bitch at to see where he was. And he was nowhere near where he was supposed to be. And I was like, oh, what's he doing there? That was weird. Um, but even when he came home, his phone still said he was in that location. So obviously it was a problem with the app or a problem with the cell tower, whatever. Like he was literally sitting in front of me and I was showing him, like I was, we did the where's my bitch at and it was still showing him at this place in the East Village that was nowhere near where we live. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's a yes. Does your, <laughs> <laughs> does your partner, has your partner ever accused you of having an affair, Joe? No. No. Because you know why? If he knows that I would be open to an open relationship, if he wanted to have an affair, we've had this conversation. He doesn't want to have an open relationship because he doesn't want me to have an open relationship. Do you know what I mean? Like, that'd be right. We've had this conversation. If he wants to go be with other people, I wouldn't, he would resent me if I stopped him. I don't, I don't need that. Hey, so Joe. We, hey, Joe. Now that Cooper's gone. Yeah, okay. Do, does she constantly humiliate or belittle you? No. Okay, that's a no. I believe that one. Okay, Joe. Are you afraid of your partner? <laughs> Isn't everybody afraid of their girlfriend? <laughs> that is a yes And plus. shouldn't they be? Yeah. <laughs> of course I'm afraid of her. Everybody should be. Her she's ex-husband scary. She's scary. is afraid of her. Yeah, yeah, People she's scary. that walk past her on the street are afraid of her. Can I be here for one second and tell you a funny story? <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, so I was walking the dog, and this guy came over. He was like a street guy, mm. and he was he was wearing like a beret that he obviously... So we, we live not too far from where um, veterans gather, and there's actual veterans around here. We know a lot of them. We know who they are, and we've seen them around. And this guy, we've never seen him before, and he's a local like street guy. And he grabbed one of their hats. They have like a veterans hat thing that they all that they all get. Mm-hmm. He grabbed one of those, and um, as I was walking by, he goes, "You got any money for a veteran?" I said, "Absolutely, go find me one." <laughs> he was afraid of you, and he was like, "What? What?" I said, "Yeah, go find me one. You're not a veteran," and he was like, "Uh, uh, uh, uh." And started like walking away. Instead of arguing, going, I am too, I served mm-hmm. here, there, where you know what I mean they they nobody if somebody was actually a veteran, they they wouldn't first of all, they they know where to go for, for money and help. It's like literally four blocks from here. Mm-hmm. So I knew that the guy was just a scammer. Joe, now that Cooper oh. is gone. Yeah. Uh-huh. Have you uh-huh. ever changed your behavior because you were afraid of what your partner might say to you? I can't. I'm, I'm sure he has. I just don't. I just. I don't know what that behavior would be or how. Like, has he ever lied to me? I mean, I think. I guess there's. Yeah. I mean, you don't want to get in. Tr- Listen, we've both lied to each other about stuff that we just don't want to deal with the consequences of. You know, mm-hmm. it's. It's a. It's just. It's to avoid a fight. It's a little white lie. It's not because it's an abusive situation. It's like, you know, like if he knows I'm cooking dinner and he had pizza while he was out. He'll come home and say he's hungry. Mm-hmm. So that's a little cook- white lie. Yeah, yeah, and I'm because uh, he knows if he comes home and says, "I know you made us this big meal, but I just had pizza." He know he knows I'd be mad about that. I think he does that a lot more than you think. Yeah, probably. 
Uh, hey, Joe. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. Has sure. your partner ever destroyed any of your possessions deliberately? Not that he knows of. <laughs> You've thrown away shirts of his that you don't like. You've thrown away shoes of his that you don't like. Yeah, that's a yes. But he doesn't know about it. No, he know. He, we know. We no. just know our socks are gone. <laughs> He's a little bit of a pack rat. So there's times that like socks will come out of the laundry with holes in them and I'll just get rid of them. And then he'll be like, one day he'll go, bum, where's all my socks? I should go buy more socks. So we go buy more socks. Hey, Joe, <laughs> has your partner ever forced you to do something that you did not want to do? His entire life. Yeah, yeah, my entire life. Yeah. We've been to so many weddings. It's called and bar Monday. Yeah. <laughs> I dragged him. I dragged him to a sweet 16 all the way up in Westchester that he, <sighs> when we got the invitation, he's like, I'm not going to go with you to this. I'm not going. And then, of course, I was like, of course you're coming with me. I'm not going. This is the two of us. We're going together. Yeah. So, yeah, there's been weddings and parties and events over the years. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Lots of stuff. Has your partner ever prevented you from leaving the house? No. No. Joe, has your no. partner ever been so no. pissed that she wouldn't let you leave? No, no, no. Mm-mm. Okay. No. I'll give you that one. But but I will tell you this. <laughs> oh, God. Change okay. it back to yes. No, no, no. It's a, it's a no. It's a no, but here's what happened. So I was watching one of my murder shows the other day, and the story was that this woman was working an overnight shift at a hotel. And every single night, her fiance would come and hang out with her because it was an overnight shift. He didn't want her there by herself because it was unsafe. And they always got along great. Everything was awesome. But they had this one fight. He said, you know what? Just go to work by yourself. I'm not coming. That's the night that somebody came in and tried to rob the hotel and murdered her. Mm -hmm. So this poor guy has been feeling guilty ever since then, like his entire life. This happened like whatever, 2016. And he's still like every day of his life, he feels so incredibly guilty. So I said to Joe, if we ever have a fight, like we cannot leave the house. Like we have to work it out because if something happens to the other person, we're going to feel too guilty the rest of our lives. But you have, you have prevented. No. No, I've she never prevented him. Prevented you. No, no, I've never prevented him from leaving All the house. Right, He's we'll never prevented n- me. No, no, say no. I'll to say that. no. That's okay. Ridiculous. No. Does your partner, Joe, does Cooper blame her use of alcohol or drugs or mental health on your behavior? That's that's not ap- applicable because I don't drink. Cooper doesn't drink. Cooper doesn't smoke. And but Cooper's- Cooper has mental health issues. <laughs> No, she doesn't. <laughs> and she has family history of abuse uh, in no, her family. she doesn't. Okay, That's we'll say no. Does all. your partner control your use of alcohol or drugs, Joe? Joe doesn't drink alcohol or do drugs. In fact, the opposite. I'm always like, go get drunk with your friends. Like, call your friends. Go do something with them. I finally convinced him one night to go out with his friends. They went to Otto's and they had a bunch of drinks. He came back. He was really drunk. He passed out. He woke up the next morning. He's like, don't let me go out and drink like that. I feel like shit. I don't want to go to work. I'm the op. I'm always like, go out, get drunk, have fun. If you've answered yes to one or more of these questions, you are experiencing a domestic abuse. 
No, it's like <laughs> he's not in a domestic abusive situation. Come on. There was a lot of no's. <laughs> One, two, three. <laughs> four, no, no, no. You answered no's. no. You said if you answered yes. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of yeses. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight yeses. But they're not real yeses. They're jokey yeses, and they should not be. Th- Wait, what are you talking about? You asked me like five questions. How can there be eight yeses? There's the. I, we did a, more than that. Like, are you afraid of your spouse? <laughs> well, everybody should be afraid of their spouse. <laughs> that's one right there. <laughs> well, just one. That's one yes. Has, that's- see, I couldn't ask you these questions like, has your partner ever threatened you or your children? I'm, Joe wouldn't do that. He, he wouldn't right, even so that's dare. a no. He wouldn't. Okay, that's one no. But there's more. No, they're all no's. They're all no's. You're, you're making yeses where there should be no's. Has you have you has your partner ever forced you, Joe, to do something you did not want to do? But they mean like do something crazy. I'm talking about like go to a wedding. That's something crazy. <laughs> no, they mean like they mean like forced you to have oral sex when you didn't want to, or forced you to to prostitute think, yourself <laughs> for money. Like, no, that's what they're talking about. I'm talking about like I brought him to a bat mitzvah. In Pittsburgh, <laughs> you know what I mean. Like that's <laughs> that's all I did. That is abusive. <laughs> that is very abusive because I, I guarantee he doesn't want to be there. I didn't want to be there either. See, and like this question: Has your partner ever tried to control you by telling you that you could be deported because of your immigration <laughs> status? <laughs> well, obviously, no. So th- that's a no, but that's one no. There's a lot no, more are, yeses. It's all no's. It's all no's except for: Are you scared of your partner? <laughs> that but right there real. is is a, a, a clear sign of abuse when you're telling me what to put down. <laughs> <laughs> You're forcing me. <laughs> yeah, I'm in an abusive relationship with you. <laughs> Joe, right. That that's how you should have phrased it. Like, don't ask Joe is not in an abusive relationship because I forced him to go to a bar mitzvah. No, I can turn this around in you and me and ask me these questions. Has your partner tried to keep you from seeing your family or friends? <laughs> Yes, that's true. I did. <laughs> Does your partner find a uh, checkup on you or follow you? Yes. Yes, all the time. Does your partner constantly <laughs> belittle or humiliate you? Yes. Are you afraid the, of your that's, partner? That's yes. That's the funny part of the radio show when I belittle you on the air. That's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> Has your partner ever threatened you or your children? Yes. <laughs> Has she ever forced me to do something I really didn't want to do? I moved to New York. <laughs> <laughs> Which took me away from my family and kids. That's true. It's a good point. So you, you really, the abusive relationship is between you and uh, I. 